Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 80, coming at you from the Miniature Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host and producer Eric Fisher. Joining me in person this week, Secretary Shauna. Secretary Shauna, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. And as you mentioned in our pre-show meeting, very <laughs> uh, lightly attended episode this week. Justin, very busy man. Dad, coach, doing the dad stuff tonight. Can't make it tonight. And Ramsey, out sick. Ooh. With not COVID, but but seemingly sounds a lot like a very weird virus going around the state of Wisconsin right now. Quite a few people getting that. So yeah. uh, T's and P's out to Ramsey and his family. I believe Mel also sick. Mm. Uh, so T's and P's to them. Yeah, for sure. So with that in mind, you'll get me and Shauna. <laughs> First time we've done this pairing on the pod. Oh, yikes. So buckle up. This will be interesting episode, I'm sure. Bear with us. So with that in mind, why don't we get right into it, Shauna? First, we got to talk about our partners. We got Monkey Knife Fight, contest every single day, money in your pocket, money in our pocket, really. What are you doing if you're not playing? And coming up, we'll have more on them. Kind of a cool thing that we're going to announce in a couple weeks here. But some more kind of on that partnership with them. But then also... We've got our friends over at Ray's Energy, and, and Shauna, every week it seems like they're dropping a new flavor, some different news, uh, you know, recently making the Blue Shock, blue, you know, Sour Blue Raspberry flavor permanent, uh, you know, different workout supplements becoming, uh, always dropping every week, lifestyle product really at this point. So with that in mind, be sure to check out repsports.com, code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number 4, 15% off any order on repsports.com that's code root for r-o-o-t number four and with that we get into what we had rooted for in the last week and that is brought to you by fanatics fanatics over 300 plus powered stores and right now it's baseball season really the only sport actively going on so with that in mind show off your hashtag big league style or get avalanche championship gear it's true or golden state warriors gear right so with that in mind, Shauna, you know it's time to root for. What did you root for in the last week? Um, I voted for the Avalanche, the Colorado Avalanche hockey team, to win the Lord Stanley Cup. And they did. That's true. Which was a very exciting Sunday night. Sunday night. Sunday night they uh, clinched the victory. <laughs> um, Eric's looking at me like I'm trying to pull these uh, sports terms out of my uh, but but anyways, they clinched the series series victory um, and won the Stanley Cup. Now, as we were watching it, when they brought out the cup, it got dented. Mm-hmm. I want to know if that's actually the Stanley Cup or if it's like a replica and then they like have the real Stanley Cup somewhere. Because if it's that important, why would they give it out to be dented and wrecked? Every year they do that. Every year it gets dented, then they fix it up. Oh, well, see, maybe it's a replica, though. I don't think so. That is Lord Stanley's Cup. I'm convinced it's a replica. Because if it was that important, why would they do that? Big time conspiracy theory, Shauna. Let's get it out there. Let's get the people on it. We'll have to have someone look into that for us. But I'm, I'm pretty confident that one is legitimate. Hashtag, is it the real cup? Let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> My Route 4 is a... A little bit of a different route, Shauna. Okay. And something that you're probably the only person that, besides our listener, Sean, who's going to know what the hell I'm talking about. And my route for is the AKC, American Kennel Club, live all tournament. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, I was introduced to this sport Saturday afternoon, sitting in Andusie's West, having my, my free birthday drinks. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. And on the TV, you know, it's, what, 1 o'clock? Not much going on that Saturday afternoon. But, Shauna, but. But. The AKC Fly Club on ESPN2. The best sporting event to be on at that time. And I am a full-fledged fan now. This might be the greatest, most invigorating sport of all time. So, what it is... It's brought to you by the American Kennel Club, so it's got the puppers involved. There's two teams, 
and you've got four dogs on each team, right? And each dog has to go over four little mini hurdles at full speed. And then there is a, like a ramp with a tennis ball lodged into it. And the dog grabs the tennis ball and bounces off the wall and has to run back to the start line. The next dog goes, takes off. Yeah. The whole, you know, it's a series of five. So they have, you know, they do five, it, you know, races or five um, relay. relays to determine who wins that. It's best of five. So you have to win three. The race itself takes, what, 10 seconds? Yeah. If that. Yeah. They were the, cruising. They're just cruising. And then the best part, but also kind of a scary part. Is how they get them to stop because that's a, it's a lot of speed coming at you at once, you know, to stop. So to stop, they have like a rope toy, and the trainer, one of the, the the owner of the dog, holds this rope out. Dog comes, grabs it, and they like yank the dog back off the ground. And like slingshots them. Slingshots them to stop. Just electric. I I really wish they would have had the commentary on in the bar. Yeah. Because I'm sure it was an all-time great. I know that I had just a blast watching that. Well, and those dogs, they came out on the little, like, track thing, and they were ready to go. Like, they were, like, pulling on their leashes and, like, let's let's go. Let's get this started. So, like, it was, it was very cool to see, and they were very well-trained, like a well-oiled machine. They knew what they were doing. And if, you drop, if they drop the tennis ball before they get to the line, they got to run it back and do it again. Yep. So you had that precision and class. Speed. Speed. Strong jawline. Yeah. Just cute pups. Cute pup all around. Just a great sport. I was so happy to watch that. Those they had like big long strides too. Like it was I mean, they were not even touching the ground it seemed sometimes. Yeah, it was incredible. So that's our positive. That's what we had rooted for in the last week. With that comes our negative, Sean, and I know that the last couple weeks you haven't had one. I said no noogie summer. Uh no noogies for me. You, you haven't had anything negative? No. No noogie summer. I am carefree this summer. Well, I'm, I'm glad you are because I'm not. I actually want to go a little bit of a noogie here. For, I mean, I wish I could give one to Justin Ramsey, but I get it. You know, life happens. So I'm not oh, gonna give them, yeah, we know. Not going to give them noogies for not being here. I totally get it. Um, but I am going to give noogie a noogie. I know that you had rooted for the Colorado Avalanche, but I'm going to give a little bit of a noogie to the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, their opponent in the Stanley Cup. And really, this stems from just the fact of how uncompetitive of a cup finals it was. I mean, they it was a 3-1 series, or 3-2 series, so I guess they did that, and they were you know they were chasing history, so they, they were trying to get the first three-peat uh, since the 80s Islanders. So, you know, that hasn't been done in quite some time, but just kind of sad to see uh, the John Cooper-led team, you know, fall short on history. And John Cooper, for those of you who don't know, former coach of our Green Bay Gamblers here at one point. So just a little bummed to see him. So not necessarily a noogie on the fact that they lost, but just a noogie on that it wasn't a little bit more competitive. So that's... Ultimately, my noogie for this week. I Pretty positive week, though, as a whole. Yeah, not bad. So I'm not really going to bury too, too many things out there. I mean, there's other, you know, there's a lot worse stuff than with the world of sports right now. The world of sports pretty positive. I mean, aside from, I mean, I guess there's really nothing going on other than our, you know, we've got NASCAR we'll talk about maybe towards the end of the show. Um, but just kind of a, you know, kind of that time where baseball's king and I'm here for it. So yeah, not going to complain one damn bit about that. So, Shauna, that, this comes to your favorite part of the show. Woo! And that is our What's Weird Wisconsin Web Story of the Week. What do we got? And this one comes from Door County. Okay. Mm, uh, courtesy of Door County Daily News. Shout out Tim Coles uh, for the article here. And the article today that we, we're going to discuss uh, came out yesterday. Okay. Sign thefts on the rise in Door County. Oh, okay. So... The article goes, what you might think is a souvenir for your garage walls on a post could actually be a hefty fine and possibly some jail time. (gasps) The Door County Highway Department is reporting a significant increase in street signage being stolen. 
across the area, including stop signs, road work ahead signs, and other traffic-related reminders. Replacing the signs comes at a high price as each one costs over $300. Missing signs could cost people even more, especially stop signs that control the intersections and construction sites. They remind motorists to slow down because of workers. Door County Highway Commissioner Thad Ash reminds residents and visitors that taking a sign is stealing government property, theft, criminal damage to property, and receiving stolen property are all clay class A misdemeanors and carry a fine of up to $10,000 and possibly a nine-month jail sentence. <sighs> and this goes on to say, if you know anyone with a missing stop sign, you are asked to call the non-emergency number for the Dork County Sheriff's Department, 920-746-2416, so that it can be replaced. Whoa. Yikes. So I have a few things here with this story. So the first thing I want to go through... A $10,000 fine. Well, if it's a stop sign and it's I, causing an accident, right. like I, uh, I see that. I see that, but I, I mean, if you're, I'm not advocating. I don't want people to go and take signs. That's dangerous. I mean, allegedly, I've been in high school, was a part of a... Allegedly, you were in high school? Allegedly, uh, a part of a, a gang... Not a gang, but just like a crew of kids uh, that went around and, and, you know, maybe allegedly took um, a sign or two. Now, I don't have possession of the signs, um, but, you know, it's just like I feel like it's something that, you know, you just kind of do. Um, small town Wisconsin thing. You're bored on a Friday night. You go and take some signs did not know it was a class a misdemeanor um yeah can't be taking stop signs though i want to know where what kind of signs are getting that cost three hundred dollars have you seen that guy on tiktok that makes the signs like there's a lot that goes into it i have not seen those yeah well tell me about it a little bit well it's like this big like sheet of metal obviously and they have to like cut it and whatever and then like they have to like be very precision use precision precise Precise. there we go thank you and like roll the uh it's like this filmy like sticker material uh reflective filmy sticker material whatever onto the thing and then like like i said the guy makes it and he's like super he's like very good at it and but it seems like a lot goes into it so you know i guess just don't be stealing signs maybe a traffic cone i again we're not going to advocate for misdemeanors or crime in any way here on the roof wisconsin show no um but yeah i was pretty shocked first of all again just to even read that it's increasing i mean well, kids, uh, kids got are nothing to do, kids, I guess. I suppose. Like and I said, Friday night, it's summertime. The road construction signs are aplenty. And usually unattended on Friday nights. Yep. So, you know. I'm not saying I don't get it because there's a, a chance that allegedly I you know, may have known some people. Who right. Might have also been involved in a very similar type situation. Right. Yeah. But... All I'm going to say with that, like I said, just, you know, be careful. Don't take important ones. Don't take any. Again, no crimes. Yeah, no crimes. We don't endorse crimes here. But, you know, be careful with what you're doing. Make sure you're aware of your surroundings and your traffic signs as you're driving. You know, don't want any accidents either. Right. You know, and it, like I said, the stop signs one. Mm, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. That one, no. that one needs to. The road construction ones, though, you know. Like I I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm a little curious, and I know that's a liability thing, I, and you, again, I want everyone who goes to work in the morning to come home that night. You well, know, I'm, not, I'm not advocating right. for anyone to get hurt here, but if the sign is the only thing that you can really tell that there's construction going on, I mean, there's usually cones, there's usually... The big you know, orange barrels. There's usually the orange, like, kind of snow fence in the area, too, where you're supposed to be going, there's countless of other indicators so all i'm saying i'm gonna go on a limb and say you know the road work ahead ones might be a little more uh expendable sure so that that's all i'm saying i'm not i'm not advocate again not advocating for crime <laughs> no but that's our weird wisconsin story of the week 
And we're going to take a little detour here. See what I did there? Ha-ha! Detour signs. And, uh, you know, pretty big holiday coming up this weekend, Shauna. What's coming up? I don't even know. That being the 4th of July. Ah, Independence Day. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know, but you you pulled Independence Day. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm trying to... Yeah. uh, I'm new, you know, trying to keep the conversation fluid. That's fair. So, yes, Independence Day coming up. And as you have pointed out on the show before, we do have some different backgrounds out there. You're south of 29 type person, really, you know, kind of south of a lot of highways in the state of Wisconsin. Yep. I'm north of 29. South of 64, though. So that's kind of our, our divider here for that this sake. Sure. So I'm going to ask you, just kind of growing up, what was 4th of July like for Shauna? Well... See, I can't really speak on what 4th of July in Sheboygan Falls was like because my parents, uh, we always took our week's summer vacation over the 4th of July. Um, So typically I was never home um, for the 4th of July. We were in South Dakota or uh, St. Louis watching the fireworks. So I've seen the fireworks in in many, many 4th of July fireworks in many different places. Um, New York. yeah, many different places. Um, but when I was a teenager, we had a uh, permanent campsite, which was co- sort of like our cottage, um, near Madison. And so Fourth of July weekend there was always great, always plentiful, um, because again, we always took my parents always took the week off of work, uh, so we were we knew we were going to be at the campground for a week. Um, so it was always warm weather. Uh, cooking out, frying out some brats. Frying out. Frying out. Yeah. That's a, you know, Sheboygan thing. Sorry. Sheboyganese. Yeah. Uh, frying out some brats and hamburgers on the grill. Uh, mom would always make like a ham and cheese and ranch pasta salad, which I've made for you a few times now. Very good. Um, swimming at the pool all day. Um, you know, when I was older and of age, uh, you know, tossing back some beers. Um. But yeah, really just kind of cookouts and hanging out outside and going to see the fireworks. We always went and saw the fireworks at the Dells. Uh, we would sit right by the post office in the Dells. If anyone know where that knows where that is. No That's idea. where we would sit. Uh, we'd sit by right by the loading dock. We'd get down there. We'd spend the day in the Dells, usually for the 4th. We'd go mini-golfing, the whole thing, the whole nine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who usually won? So I'm guessing, you know, between your, your both your parents and your two sisters. Yeah. Who was the usual winner? Uh, it was usually dad. Okay. Dad or mom. My mom is like sneakily good at uh, mini golf, which is. That's shocking. No shocking. offense, Kelly. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, mom, mom's not very coordinated as far as. These aren't my words, Kelly. Uh, she needed a helmet one time to play in like a volleyball tournament. She wanted a helmet because she was scared <laughs> of the ball. Um, but anyways, I love you very much, mom. But. She's not very, um, again, sportsly inclined. Uh, so my mom's very sneakily good at, at mini golf. So it was usually my mom or my dad. I remember a few times when my sister Chelsea, she won too. But, yeah, it was usually mom or dad winning. Take no prisoners. All right. So I'm going to ask a couple questions here. Okay. A lot, a lot of things you said. Best place you watched fireworks in? Ooh, that's tough. For Fourth of July. Um. So I was pretty young when we took all of these vacations. Um, but the one that I really do remember um, was the fireworks above Mount Rushmore. Okay. Yeah, those are incredible. Yeah, those are really, really amazing. And um, the St. Louis fireworks above the arch. Um, I believe in St. Louis that day we sat in like the park where the arch is all day. And they had like flyovers by like military planes and stuff um and we sat on like a blanket and we had like a picnic like all day and um yeah so those two places i believe were probably the best places i've seen fourth of july fireworks fantastic go to fourth of july food always a brat some type of pasta salad uh watermelon i love me some watermelon um, I'm trying to think of like good cookout foods. I don't, I don't know. I always, my mom always brought like melons. So like cantaloupe or whatever. 
But yeah, watermelon, a good pasta salad, like a nice hearty pasta salad, and a brat. That's all you need. Go to brat. Uh, Johnsonville brat. Um, or like brat patties from our local uh, grocery store. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How about you? What's 4th of July like? Uh, see, now this is going to be my second 4th of July north of 29. Of 29. And it's a little bit different than what I'm used to, but I'm I'm coming around. So me personally, you know, being as involved in community events as I was yep. uh, growing up. So damn near every 4th of July was in Gillette. Okay. Um, and really, I to that element, um, Gillette does a really great job at 4th of July. Okay. Um, in kind of our northern Wisconsin area. So there's a few different routes to go um, with 4th of July up north, uh, north 29. Yes. In that small green, you know, Gillette, Shano, the twenty two, the 32 to 64 range. Right. For those of you with the highway map. So growing up for us, one thing that we always had done when we were, especially when we were younger, um was fireworks in mountain okay so mountain a little bit north of surring they kind of they were always on saturday night no matter so if it was like the, this year they'd be like the second okay so fireworks on the second and actually usually my mom's birthday so early you know kind of shout out here happy birthday jody happy Mama birthday Fish. jody uh july 1st was kind of the start to fourth of july for okay us. all right uh so fourth of july or July 1st, you know, whatever, you know, with mom, whatever. Second or whenever, the Saturday of 4th of July weekend, fireworks. Okay. Usually the night before the actual 4th of July because they usually didn't have them on 4th of July. Okay. Now, as we got older, Mark and I, uh, because we were so involved in sports and whatnot, um, had to do, you know, a lot of volunteering at the different, uh, the big event in Gillette. Usually we were in at least one or two of the different parades up north, so... A lot of times, um, growing up, it was the Breed Parade. Okay. Which, the Breed Wisconsin Parade is like... Is that the long one? No. Oh, okay. No, it's shockingly short. Okay. It's, you go from, I, I don't even think it's a quarter mile. Oh, okay. All right. But it's just a straight stretch for, you know, little Breed Wisconsin. So, usually what we would do is we would do that parade, load up on candy there... Okay. Because that's, again, there was very few kids, but everyone had candy ready to go. Sure. Then it was down to Gillette to either be in the parade. Okay. Again, you know, because we did a lot of stuff for either our church or our youth group or different sporting events and sporting teams we were on. Or also um, even my mom's bank that she used to work for uh, back in the day. So a lot of stuff, a lot of parades we were in. Now... In Gillette, they always do the celebration of the 4th of July, the 3rd and the 4th. Okay. Back when we were younger, they had this Trout Unlimited fishing pond. That was the place to be. Okay. And as we got older, we realized the way to do it was actually going the day before the 3rd. Because by then, a lot of the fish, you know, the people just throw the... Because you get corn, and they give you, you know, you pay like a, a buck or whatever, a couple bucks... And you get like a set amount of time to fish, and then they'd clear out, and then the line would go through again, and then you had to get back in line if you didn't catch anything or whatever. And then if you did catch stuff, they actually cleaned it for you. They put it in a bag for you, got to take it home. Cool. So, the secret became, you've got to go the third. Okay. Because a lot of people they'd either take the little pellets, or they would take the corn and just start throwing it in there, like it would fall in, or if you couldn't hook the fish. Um, you know, obviously they cut the corn, so they weren't really hungry on the 4th. Okay. So, do a little bit of trout fishing in the the boat pond thing. That was always a blast. Okay. And then, uh, like I said, the 4th, you know, you're still down in the park, so this is all at Zippel Park. Okay. Um, gotta go to the Civic Stand for food. Yes, we did that last year. Very, very good. I had a brat. So we'll be doing that again. And uh, sun drop slushy. Yes. Yeah, that was delicious. The the go to for me, cheese fries, cheeseburger, sun drop slush. Yeah, 
I the Sundrop Slush was a little bit disappointing. I you had hyped it up a lot, but it was it was pretty good. You you didn't get the best batch. Well, it's it's refreshing. We're gonna try again. We're on it back. Yeah. So that was like the fourth, and then always you know during the day on the fourth. So originally we would start by going Gillette, and I don't know if they still do. I haven't been to the parade in a few years. Big Fourth of July parade. Okay. Uh, we always camped out uh, by the Wells Fargo underneath the tree. Now it's Flagstar, but it's always Wells Fargo. Right. Uh, so we'd always camp out by the, the Wells Fargo underneath the shade tree. Just like Miller Park and AmFam, Eric. Different, whole different thing. I'm glad you brought that up. We'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> so we always go to the the Wells Fargo, sit underneath the shade tree, joined by our normal cast and crew every year. Watch the parade, all that stuff. Go down to the park, bike raffle. Bike raffle. They'd have a semi truck or sometimes two semi trucks of of bikes that were donated by local businesses. Mm-hmm. Never won one. Ah. But the bike raffle was always like the big thing in town. Okay. To uh to go to, so bike raffle, and then as we start getting older, a lot of cookouts up at my aunt Pam's house. Okay. Um, up in Surring. Probably be doing that again this year. So that that was a typical fourth for us. I forgot to mention, because it is, I like I said, I didn't spend a lot of Fourth of Julys in Sheboygan Falls, but there's something down at our local park called Ducktona. Ducktona. Yeah. It's, uh, you purchase a duck in the morning. Like and, a live one? No, like a rubber duck with a, a number at the bottom of it. And... So then they put it in like this big like backhoe thing and it gets full and then they dump the ducks in the river and whichever duck gets the finish line first, they win the prize of all the money. And that's Ducktona. And so that's pretty big in Sheboygan Falls. And I thought that that was kind of, you mentioned the bike raffle and that was kind of odd to me, but I figured maybe Ducktona would be odd to you. That is, I have heard of this, but I've never been to it. How much of a how much of a prize pot are we talking here? I don't know. I like I said, I'm not super familiar with it. I know what Ducktona is. I don't know how much the prize uh, pot is for it, but I think it's. I mean, I think it's pretty pretty hefty. There's a lot of people uh, that come. It's winner take all, one prize, right? I think so. Um, I'm not sure, but yeah, it's called the Ducktona 500. So if you're looking for something, I'm looking to this do, up right now on sheboyganfalls.org. Yeah, there's pancake breakfast, a kid zone, family festival, face painting. There's a balloon lady in the afternoon. Boat rides. Yeah, it's like an all-day event. There's a car show. Oh, the grand prize. Oh, so there's four prizes. Yeah, so the grand prize is thousand dollars. Second place is five hundred. Third place is two fifty, and fourth place is a hundred. One ticket for five dollars. Five tickets for twenty. Wow. I mean, it's a pretty good deal. I'd I'd have to agree. Yeah. So Ducktona. The Ducktona five hundred. A <laughs> little bit of Wisconsin culture there for you. But yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff. You spend the whole day at the park. Um, we live pretty near the park, and so my dad always gets crabby because people park in front of our house that day, and so. Gotta go the Green Bay Packer route and and put a sign, you know, ten dollars park. True. But uh, they come and mark the streets, uh, like, this week already. Ah. Yeah. So, anyways, looking for something to do. Something in Gillette, something in Sheboygan Falls. And I'm sure a million other things along the way. Yeah. So, so. happy 4th of July, everybody. Yeah, happy 4th of July. Shout out 1776, Founding Fathers, Kick the British Ass. Woo. America, back-to-back World War Champs. Yay, Founding Fathers. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Shauna, we might as well talk a little sports here. All right. Here we go. So, I'm going to do my best. few different, you know, quite a bit of stuff going on in the world of sports right now. Even though the Brewers are really the only team playing, a lot of stuff. Like you mentioned, Stanley Cup just came to a close. Yes. NBA Finals came to a close not too long ago. Uh, start of, of NBA free agency coming up. The draft just went down mm-hmm. uh, last week. Uh, Bucks had one selection, and with it went with a G League guard named Marjan Bochamp. Um, Sounds who, like a good guy. 
his story really is like you know everyone talks about Giannis's story. Giannis has an incredible story. Yeah. You know, growing up, you know, in poverty and in Greece, and you know, having to you know sell bootleg DVDs and you know this, that, and the other thing, and and you know really climbing up from the ranks. Now, very similar story for Marjan Bochamp. Now he was you know stateside here. Um, had a very. Where's he from? Uh, I'd have to look it up just off the top of my head here. Uh, but had a very kind of, I don't want to say average college career, but a pretty decent college career, but nothing, you know, nothing too special. Um, 21 years old, was technically drafted out of the, the G League, played for the Yakima Valley Yaks. Wow, okay. In Yakima, Washington, uh, which is, I don't even know where this, this is... Uh, N-A-I-A? N-A-double-C? I don't even know what this... Junior State College. Oh, so it's okay. a junior college. All right. So he played the JUCO route, went to pursue the um, the NBA through the G League. Okay. And was now drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, 6'5 guard, electrifying shooter, um, played for the G League Ignite team. Okay. Uh, he averaged 15.1 points, 7.3 boards, 2.3 assists, and was the 24th overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft. Um, now, kind of some cool stuff here. So, uh, with his career here, um, really just, like I said, just an interesting guy, you know, went through kind of the ringer of, of you know, growing up in poverty. Um, have it, you know, he ended up transferring to a private school. To play under former NBA player uh, Brandon Roy. Okay. And had a pretty good high school career. Uh, played a couple different schools. But really, he only had four Division One offers, including the state of Washington. Um, and decided he was going to go forego college basketball. Try to make some sort of money to support his, you know, his family. Um, had a career high 50 points on June 1st. Wow. Um, yeah, with Yakima Valley College before playing with the G League. And ultimately, at the end of the day, like I said, just a really inspiring story. If, you know, go look him up. Uh, but one of the kind of cool things that's come out, you know, since him being drafted, first of all, his his reaction to being drafted, um, you know, just breaking down emotionally, very, very, I don't want to say cool, but very heartwarming. Sure. But then also his choosing the number he was going to wear. Now, uh, he decided, you know, he had worn the number 14 in college and with the G League. Um, and he wanted to wear that number. But, of course, it is retired uh, within the Bucks, I believe, by Cindy Moncrief. Okay. So couldn't wear number 14. Okay. So instead he chose to wear number zero. Okay. Because he grew up with zero. Wow. That's cool. So, his, that's his route. Now, uh, overall, the NBA draft, um, you know, two other players with Wisconsin ties involved. Um, we, had, we talk frequently about Johnny Davis, product of the Badgers. Tenth overall pick by the Washington Wizards, so hats off to him. Johnny D. And then also at the 28th pick was UW-Milwaukee recruit, or not recruit, product, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Okay who initially kind of was projected as a lottery pick, only played in like nine games as a freshman, uh, was kind of a farce of his college career anyway because he was going to go in the draft right away anyway. Um, but his route, he decides to be to forego his college career, uh, go play in the pros after his one year, and there we are. Nice. So that is the Wisconsin ties now. As I had mentioned, NBA free agency about to take off. Uh, Bobby Portis already opting out of his Bucks contract. What? So, uh, you know, he's going to pursue free agency. Doesn't mean he's gone. Just means he's wanting to pursue, you know, maybe some other opportunities to see as to what would be maybe a little bit more money, maybe a little bit better, you know, f- a little bit better contract for the Bucks. Because a lot of players ended up doing that. They'll decline their option and work on a little bit better, more team-friendly deal. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily mean he's gone, but just something to kind of keep your eyes on that uh, is transpiring right now. Okay. Uh, Pat Conton will be back, though. He did exercise his option, so he will be returning. Perfect. Um, 
So that's kind of really the news on the Bucks, and just kind of see as we get closer to midnight tonight, and usually the NBA free agency tampering period frenzy kind of starts going nuts. So we'll see what kind of moves the Bucks end up making. I know that Justin and I have talked kind of at, at length about different routes they need to take and getting some established players to kind of keep your window open and trying to win another championship. So that's kind of what uh, the route they need to go. So we'll see what ends up happening here and see if there's any trade partners um, or free agent signings they end up making. Perfect. So then we go to the world of baseball. Brewers. Brewers, yes. Uh, Brewers <laughs> did get a win today. Woo! I believe that is four straight for them yeah. as they kind of have retaken the NL Central. Call it a streak. Gone back and forth with the Cardinals here. Uh, they have won four in a row. They are seven and three in their last ten. Nice. Uh, big win today over Tampa. The taking a two-game sweep over Tampa Bay. Won a three-a-game set. Uh, two out of three over Toronto over the weekend. I believe uh, Rowdy had two home runs today. Two home runs for Rowdy Telez. And JC Boy. Jace Peterson with a home run. And Luis Urias with a home run. Now, here's an interesting stat for you, Shauna. All right. The Milwaukee Brewers have now homered, I believe, in 20... No, that can't be right. I think it's nine or ten straight games. Yeah, I saw that I saw that little factoid today uh, come up on my MLB app. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing good. Like so I said, hopefully we can ride this for a little bit. Offense kind of coming back as... And really, the kind of the underlying thing with that is the team's getting healthy again. Right. We're getting so, a lot of guys back. Colton Wong back on the active roster. Brandon Woodruff back on the active roster. Uh, um, both made their return last night. Okay. Brandon Woodruff ends up getting the win. Uh, the first game of the Tampa Bay series. Perfect. Um, Willie Adamas back in the fold. He's at full strength. Luis Urias still going on. And really, the kind of the kind of underappreciated aspect has been the red-hot bat of Christian Yelich. Yeah. You know... <sighs> He's doing good again. Now, Christian Yelich, you know, the home runs aren't necessarily, they haven't been there like they were in 2019. The power is not there. However, the reason he got signed by the Brewers wasn't for the power. It was for the bat and the average. And very sneakily, Shauna, Christian Yelich up to a 252 average. Wow. Another multi-hit game today. Uh, had a multi-hit game last night. So just find a ways on base and really kind of serving he's been moved to the leadoff position doesn't have to necessarily rely on the power yep and has served him very very well to being back in that spot where they really have to pitch to him or he can kind of draw his walks as he always does so that on base percentage really going up too yeah i always thought he should be higher or lower in the uh batting order than than third i, I don't think third suited him well you know i i really liked him in the role at two with uh, with Ryan Braun behind him at that three spot. And because really he had the protection of Ryan Braun behind him. Yeah. And other power bats. And now when he was the power bat, we saw the struggles. Right. So, yeah, very, very glad the route that we've taken here with him uh, now kind of being in that, that leadoff role and really hoping that kind of sticks. Now with Colton Wong coming back from, from injury – Really curious as to see as how they negotiate that. See maybe if they move Wong down in the lineup. Because really, Colton Wong, kind of your prototypical leadoff hitter, too. Right. So really interesting route to see what uh, Craig Council does. But I've I've got complete faith in Craig Council, and he's earned the benefit of the doubt. I think so, too. He manages the heck out of those games. So So one thing I did want to mention well, while we're still talking Brewers, and we're not going to really focus on the team here, but you know you you had brought up the, the Miller Park and Fan Field thing. Yes. And you, you know, I feel very strongly on this one. Yes, very much. So, personally, just for as a refresher, in case we have new listeners or if in case people have forgotten, I have no issue calling it AmFam Field. Because Miller, Coors, Molson, whatever the hell they're called, wanted no part in the naming rights. They didn't want to pony up the money. See, I don't think it's like out of that people just but i think it's just it's second nature to say the brewers play at miller park miller park miller park 
and it was like always Miller Park Way, and it still is, correct? It's Brewers Drive now. Brewers Drive, but Miller Park Way, and I think Miller Park was just dumped down our throats so much that it's just out of habit for people. See, I, I don't disagree that that's part of it, but the people, and I know a lot of these people who are like, oh, it's always going to be Miller Park to me. Well, I don't think it should be. Well, I mean, that's what it was as they grew up, and that's what they always knew it as, so. Right, but here we are, as I had mentioned again, you know, they didn't want to pony up the money for the naming rights, and really, this deal for AmFam, you should really, if you're a Brewers fan, you should really be embracing the AmFam field. Because they're the ones putting money for the brewers and make you know helping them be able to get talent in the door and all that that I, goes yeah. with that. I hear you. I mean, I get it. I thought, like I said, I think that there's just a lot of people that are like, well, it's just this is the way it's gonna be. So, I I, I feel pretty strong in that. Now, one thing I do want to kind of go through here is there is one element of these changes here that I am not a fan of and that I refuse to acknowledge the change of. All right, let's hear it. And that is the radio broadcast where now the, you know, if the Brewer, because really all you need to do is win by one right. in baseball. Right, But if the Brewers tack on extra runs like they did today with Jace Pearson's home run in the ninth. Yep. Or, you know, any numerous other situations, you always called it the, it's called an insurance run. Yep. And usually you can sell that to any you know insurance company right now for most of if not my entire life up until about two years ago okay it was always the badger mutual insurance runs yep and bob euchre and that's another badger mutual insurance run for the brewers yeah you know whatever yep now again i get the element and i'm you know not necessarily being a hypocrite here the element that you know AmFam ponied up the money, they're the sponsor, whatever. However, this is just for the broadcast. So it's not necessarily going to the brewers, per se. It's just going to the broadcast station. Right. So, again, props to AmFam, I guess, for getting those rights. But that's the one that bothers me more than Miller Park. The Badger Mutual Insurance runs? You need the... It's now the American Family Insurance, insurance runs. Run. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't roll off the tongue as nicely, I think. No. So that's that's my I guess my hot take of the the week the Badger Mutual insurance runs not being a thing anymore. Well, it's like I said, it's, it sounds a lot like the same thing here. Uh, maybe, but it's a little bit different. Right. So, anyway, with that, so really, Shauna, the only thing we really still kind of got to talk about today with Wisconsin sports is our beloved Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go. Yes, Go Pack Go. So. Green Bay Packers, not necessarily, you know, nothing really breaking news with them. But it is the 4th of July coming up. And in spirit of the 4th of July and something you had mentioned earlier in the episode, I want to do, you know, what a lot of sports radio and sports show hosts do this time of year. Talk about the Mount Rushmore of Green Bay Packers. Now, as we know... With our current, you know, our Mount Rushmore, the actual one. Yep. We've got George Washington. Yep. We've got Teddy Abraham Roosevelt. Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, and Thomas Jefferson. You betcha. So four faces carved in stone that are kind of our founding fathers. So with that in mind, a couple different elements you can take with this. So on our, you know, we talked about this in our pre-show couple different i think we had a couple in common yep. obviously gotta go curly lambo yeah yeah he uh started the whole thing so you know legend gotta go vince lombardi yeah you know lombardi trophy super bowls really brought the packers back to prominence in the 60s kept them afloat kept them going 100%. championship 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 left and right big agree and this is where we got different yes So, who did you have on your Mount Rushmore? Well, I took a little bit of a different route. You know, I didn't want to go, like, necessarily the best uh, football player um, because 
I don't know. I I don't think I can sit here and, and talk about probably the best Packer and stats and all that stuff. So I uh, went for the Packers that left legends. And that's kind of like how I picked uh, Curly Lambeau and Vince Lombardi. Uh, my other two Packers that left like legendary marks on, um, you know, the Packer uh, fandom base uh, was Leroy Butler. You know, first Lambeau leap. Um, and we still do that to this day. Um, you know, being at Lambeau Field when they get a touchdown and they just do it, they play bang on the drum all day. The, you know, they Lambeau leap, it is electric. Um, so, yeah. Um, that was uh, one of mine. And then my other one was Brett Favre. Um, just because he's been quarterback one, QB one, uh, for most of my life. And, you know, I remember sitting at family parties or just on Sundays, like, with my dad, um, watching the Packers and talking about Brett Favre and whatever. So, um, I think, you know, Brett Favre was a legend in and of himself. And, you know, he was, like I said, the quarterback for most of my life. No hate to Aaron Rodgers because I love him too. And eventually he'll be on the Packers Mount Rushmore, I think. But, um, yeah, those were my uh, four guys. All right, so as mentioned, I had Curly and Lombardi as well. Now, Brett Favre is a great pick here that I would probably usually go with because really Brett Favre was kind of the catalyst to the greatness of the 90s. Sure. Uh, you know, between, you know, really kind of the spark that kind of ignited the, the whole thing uh, after the Packers traded for him from Atlanta. And I think people liked him a lot because, you know, he was like a family man. And he, he was, was a like a... bastard. Yeah, and, it, like, you know, he was, like, I think that's what Wisconsin wants. And I think that's a lot of issue with Aaron Rodgers sometimes is he's, like, sort of, like, more celebrity where, like, Brett Favre was more, like, down-to-earth, like, family man, like, farmer, he wore his Wranglers, you know, drove in his truck kind of thing. And you saw Brett Favre out in the community... And not that you don't with Aaron Rodgers either, but I think he's just a little bit more celebrity for the yeah. people around here, you know? Yeah, definitely more of a blue collar, you know, could have a beer with them kind of guy. Yeah. So, but with that in mind, that's not who I'm going to go with. Okay. Because, you know, like I said, Brett Favre, the catalyst of all that, but I'm going to go with the person who really finished it was the exclamation point and really got them over the hump. Okay. And that being Reggie White. Oh, right. Okay. Now, Reggie White, Minister of Defense, was brought in as kind of a you know kind of a later free agent um as they talked about you know just kind of a guy that they could really be the exclamation point to what they were trying to build okay and that was trying to build this this prominent team and you know they could actually finally beat dallas in the playoffs because that was kind of a team that was always you know monkey that broke the camel's back or the shot that broke the camel's back the monkey on their back whatever phrase you want to go with yep uh, but reggie white finally got brought in just as an exclamation part to that defense and helped them get over the hump brought them to two super bowls winning one uh super bowl 31 in technically 97 the 96 97 season in new orleans so that'd be my second one okay. or my third spot in mount rushmore okay now i do feel bad because there's a lot of Packers legends that are going to get left off this list. And you could probably make a different Mount Rushmore of every era of Packer football. Sure. Because if we wanted to just focus on the Lombardi era, you could go Nitschke, you could go Star, you could go, you know, what, you know whatever route you wanted to go with. Sure. Uh, Taylor, Horning, you know, whatever. Don Hudson, also a legend. Honorable mentions. All honorable mentions. Brett Favre, again, honorable mention. You know, you could even make a lot of, you know, from the Favre slash Rogers era, you could probably just make one of receivers between Jordy and Devontae and Donald Driver and, you know, name it. There's one for them, too. Yeah. You go from the 90s, you could go Reggie, Favre, Leroy, Robert Brooks, Dorsey Levins, Edgar Bennett. You know, the list goes on and on. Mike Holmgren, the coach. Sure. During that time. But the person, if I had to pick one all-time kind of fourth spot, I have to go, you know, because I have Curly, the early Packer days. I have Vince from the 60s, which, again, kind of encompasses that whole era. Mm -hmm. I go with Reggie White from that era. Okay. And then I go Aaron Rodgers. All righty. 
the four-time MVP, the really, again, you know, kind of the same thing, you know, a catalyst of an era of greatness for the Green Bay Packers, being able to move on from the Brad Favre era and in a very short time take the reins and lead the Packers back to the playoffs and to a Super Bowl victory. Um, unfortunately, only the one appearance as opposed to Favre's two and Bart Starr's numerous appearances. Maybe that hurts them in some people's lenses. But for my for my money, that's really kind of the ultimate, you know, again, one from each era, uh, the kind of the, the catalyst of each era. But at the same time, again, like I said, we could really keep this conversation going. Now, I kind of – in. I, I really wish we had more takes on this. So, um, you know, if you're following along, you're listening to the episode, by all means, let us know what you think. Build your Packers Mount Rushmore. Let us know on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, what have you. Uh, so build a, build your Packers Mount Rushmore in the comments section here of the post. So we'll have something here over the 4th of July weekend on our social media pages for people to play along. So uh, with that in mind, really, you know, that's kind of our, our 4th of July element of it now a couple things i want to talk about shauna uh before we wrap up here okay uh first i want to announce a new series that we're going to be launching actually starting uh the first one will be recorded here this week and i believe we'll probably be releasing in the upcoming days i don't you know i don't have an exact time here but as many people know we have um you know partnered with rpw raging pro wrestling here in green bay yeah. We're going to be spon- part of their sponsorship of their next event, which will be RPW Heatwave 2. Woo. And with that, we have a new series that we're going to be launching, kind of a mini series. You know, we've had our kind of our special specialty episodes here over the past, you know, however many months. And since we've been doing this, we've had a few different specialty episodes. But this one, we're going to have a series, and it's going to be the road to RPW Heatwave. Uh, lots of different people that we've kind of been lining up here and talk some pro wrestling and the world of wrestling out there. Um, I'll give away our first episode. We're going to be talking with Devin Ashman, who is part of RPW's kind of front office, if you will, uh, and also is going to be the ring announcer for RPW Heatwave 2. Okay. And we'll be having some different competitors from... The match that we're sponsoring, which is the RPW Cruiserweight Championship. Awesome. Uh, so that'll be coming up in the upcoming weeks, and we'll be able to follow that along here on our social medias as well as, you know, wherever you listen to this, Spotify, Apple, Google, RSS.com, and another avenue that we're going to have announced coming up soon. It isn't quite ready to be launched, but will be very shortly. We're so working. With that, uh, Shauna, as we kind of wrap up this episode and what we kind of usually wrap up with is what we are rooting for in the upcoming week. Um, and since our co-hosts aren't here, our typical co-hosts aren't here, um, something that's actually kind of nearer to you than it technically is to me okay, in terms of geography. All right. But NASCAR will be at Road America over the weekend. Yes, it will. And for kind of star-studded event, uh, NASCAR with, all, I believe, all three series are going to be racing this weekend. I'm just going to double-check on that. But uh, now, Shauna, for those of you that don't know, uh, Shauna from the Sheboygan area, as she had mentioned, and Road America out in Elkhart Lake. Now, you've been to Road America, correct? Yes. Tell the people a little bit about it. Uh, Road America is a really cool track. Um, it's very long. I believe it's considered like a road course. It is considered a road course. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you don't get to see the entire race. There's like certain turns that, uh, people like to sit by, um, to see, you know, a lot of action. I believe I was there, um, a few years ago for IndyCar, maybe, um, that I was there for and I got to watch and it was an incredible experience and, you know, you get to walk around the the track and you know see the the cars and the race happening and like i said there's there's better spots um to see you know a chunk of the race but you're not going to be able to you know kind of get that bird's eye view to see the whole race kind of like you do at a circle track but um it's pretty is the word you're looking for oval track yeah um but it's pretty cool like i said road america is um 
is a place that I, I like to visit. I, you know, what's interesting is I lived in Sheboygan County my entire life. And the first time I went to road America was when I was like 20. Really? Yeah. So that's incredible. Yeah. So quick, uh, it'll actually just, the not all three series will be there. It'll just be the, um, the cup series and the Xfinity series. Okay. So with that in mind, uh, they'll have the Xfinity on Saturday and the cup series on Sunday. Uh, Chase Elliott, the winner of last year's race, is the odds-on favorite to win again this year. Okay. At plus 500. Um, fellow Hendrick Motorsports driver Kyle Larson at plus 700. Ross Chastain plus 850. Martin Truex Jr. plus 1200. Uh, Kyle Busch plus 1300. And this kind of goes on from there. Okay. Um, now, Shauna, I'm going to ask, and I know that you're not as huge of a of a NASCAR fan as, say, I am. Uh, or Ramsey for, or Justin for that matter. But I'm going to ask, do you have a pick for this weekend? You know, um, I know the car in my brain that I like to root for. Um, that light green one I like. Or it's like a light blue. Who races that one? The one that was on your desk. Oh, the Ch- that's Chase Elliott. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That one. I like that. Um, and I'm basing it off of the sole reason that I enjoy the color of his car sometimes. And that's not even his main car. Well, exactly. But I liked it that one time. So, um, and I know that's, you know, not very root for Wisconsin of me, but, you know, that's what we got. <laughs> so Chase Elliott is a solid pick. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Again, odds on favorite. I'm not going to fault you for picking him. Um, you know, truthfully, if I was making my picks here, I'd probably go that route too. Oh, fantastic. And Justin would get all pissed off. He's like, oh, you're picking the favorite, blah, 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 blah. Whatever, Justin. Yeah. Now, if I was going to go put some money on it, truthfully, I'd actually probably go with uh, A.J. Allmendinger. Okay. Who was at plus like 1,800. Kind of a road course specialist comes in for these kind of specialty races. Okay. So that's kind of the route that I would maybe kind of lean towards. You're not going to vote for the Kohler car? Well, that's what I was about to say next, Shauna. Oh, okay. Is, and he's not in the top list of favorites here. Oh, darn. Uh, but Brad Keselowski, now that, you know, as mentioned here, my career path has changed. Uh, We've got to give some love to our Kohler generators, RFK number six. Woo! Uh, as that will be the uh, his presenting sponsor for that race on Sunday afternoon. Uh, be a really good win to have, you know, with the Kohler being there locally. Um you know, that'd be kind of a you know good win to get if he's going to get one this season. Has really struggled since switching over to RFK. But I'm for my money's sake, I, you know, I said this a couple weeks now. I really think Kyle Larson's due for a win. Okay. Only one win on the season. Really kind of seems overdue for one. So Kyle Larson is going to be my pick, and I know he's the second odds-on favorite. But like I said, due for a win. All right. All right. So that is my root for. Shauna, do you have a root for this weekend? I am rooting for going for a river float. I love floating down that river. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. And I only got it to do it one time last summer. So we're going to try and um, make it just a good 4th of July weekend. I want to be outside, sit in some water, have a brat, have a few drinks beverages and just have a good weekend good fourth of july weekend you know have a break off of work well i'm off of work all the time but you have you with me to be off of work um that's what i'm rooting for just to have a good weekend hopefully the weather cooperates it looks like it should so that's what i'm rooting for yeah have a good weekend get some food some fireworks some family you know all the the big three f's yep uh I, you know, I'll probably take that route, too. Uh, by the way, happy, you know, got to shout out some birthdays here. Uh, happy birthday to uh, Hannah, my brother's fiance. Yes. My mom, Jody. Happy birthday to you, too. Uh, so celebrate their birthdays here over the next couple of days. Again, some family time. Hopefully some time in the water, like you said. Really much looking forward to that here as well. Uh, yeah, with that, it's just a good 4th of July weekend is what we're kind of pulling for here. Yes, very much so. So, with that, I really think we kind of covered everything in this week, Shauna. Whew, that was quick. Yeah, it really was. Kind of a shorter episode here, but that's all we need. Uh, that's what you get when you don't have Justin. 
interrupting us and sidetracking us. Yeah. We actually stay on topic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Justin's great. He is great. So is Ramsey. And we didn't yeah. have any, you know, no no real hot button arguments here. But that you kind of need that every once in a while, especially as we celebrate major holiday in our country's history. Uh, I do want to thank those who have served and continue to keep this nation one of the best and keeping it independent and free. Um, and let us have these kind of celebrations that we plan to have where we can go, you know, have a beer, have a brat, have a burger. Do a river float. Do a river float on any given day. Yep. And uh, allow us to enjoy these freedoms. So thank you to those who serve. Thank you to first responders, all that stuff. And with that, we're in the books. Episode 80, Rupert Wisconsin Show. We're out. See ya. Bye.